Welcome to Her Money's Worth, a community and podcast focused on helping you to sort out your money, navigate the world of investing and build long-term wealth. You're joined by your host, Olivia, and each week we deepen our knowledge about all things finance and ensure we're getting our money's worth from every hard-earned dollar. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Money's Worth. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking you through the exact process and hacks I use to save on my mobile phone bill. And the reason that I wanted to do a deep dive into this episode today is because I actually recently posted about this on my Instagram stories and so many people said that they hadn't really heard of some of the strategies that I do and put in place and have been doing for quite a few years now. And a lot of people said that they are absolutely spending way too much on this bill and they wanted a way to get this down. So they were really thankful for the info that I shared with them. And I've also recently convinced many of my friends to do this in real life um, who have also been paying way too much of their phone bill. So I feel like I've realized recently that this is definitely not common knowledge and it's a great strategy to change over to. So I know it's gonna be really helpful and I'm gonna discuss exactly what I do and try to point you in the right direction so you can get some really big savings. Now, before we get into it, you might be thinking that there's little point in bothering trying to find the best deal with something as small as your phone bill when we take into account your larger overall budget, I guess. However, I'm a huge advocate and a lot of what I talk about when it comes to budgeting and your expenses, trying harder to save on the boring expenses and having more money than to spend on the fun expenses. And what I really mean by that is trying to get a better deal on things like your phone bill, your electricity, your home expenses or your groceries. So you can then spend those savings on things that you are actually going to enjoy and get joy from in your everyday life, such as trips or your coffees you'd like every morning or clothes or whatever it is you enjoy. I mean, why would you go out of your way to pay more for something when you can get it cheaper? And yes, sometimes it does take a little bit of work, but once you get into the habit and you're aware of these different hacks, it comes so naturally. And once you've got everything set up, you can basically just go back and check these things every three to six months. You will actually be very surprised at just how much impact saving on a few different bills here and there can actually have on the amount of free money you have to access for other things that are more fun and or even more money to shovel into your saving or your investing buckets, which we know are so important and lead to us achieving our financial goals over the long term. Now, something I did want to say here as well before we move on is that I definitely talk a lot about budgeting and expenses and things like that, but I want to make it really clear when I'm doing episodes like this that I'm not telling you that you need to, I guess, miss out on things that cost $5 or miss out on your coffees or budget really hard or, you know, be like, has everything in a spreadsheet. It's not about that at all. It's just about pulling on the levers that we can when times are a little bit difficult, which they are in 2023. So thinking about how we can save money and how we can earn more money. And I'm definitely gonna be talking lots more this year about how we can start earning more, 
how we can start investing and all that sort of stuff. But I still will talk about how we can save on our expenses. And it's not going to be things that restrict you from living a life you love. I'm not going to be telling you to get rid of your hobbies or not have your coffee if that's what you love every morning. It is going to be much more practical. And I also want to be building on long-term habits and teachings that can see you throughout your life for years and years and years, not just about short-term pain. It is about long-term personal finance education that you can use to set yourself up throughout your entire life. So I hope that makes sense. I just wanted to make it really clear that I am absolutely an advocate for us earning more and investing and growing our money. But I think it starts with just making sure that we know where every dollar is going and always being mindful with what we have. So now that we've cleared that up, let's talk about what we're going to be saving on today, which is our mobile phones and our mobile phone bill or plan or however you get your data calling and messaging. Now, the first way that we can save big with our mobile phone and access to it is by having a paid off phone that you buy up front perhaps instead of being on one of those 12 or 24 month plans where you always end up paying extra for the phone and the plan over time. Now, don't switch off this episode if you have just jumped onto a new phone plan or anything like that, because as I said in the introduction, we are going to be talking about strategies that you can take on board for years to come. You do not have to act upon any of these things straight away this week or next month. This is just things that I'm gonna teach you to do when the time comes for you. So for example, if your phone breaks or you need a new phone or you've run out of your plan, Things that I'm going to be talking about in this episode are things that you can learn and then act upon when the time is right. Or you might even tell your close friends or your family if the time comes for them in the near future. So as I said, the strategy we'd like to try and have is that we'd have a paid off phone and avoid those long-term lock-in plans where they end up charging us more basically for the phone and the plan over time. And in addition to trying to get a paid off phone for us to use ongoing, we want to be obviously accessing it in the cheapest way we can, but still, of course, having a phone that meets your needs. And I think people really get confused sometimes with a phone that meets our needs and that we you know, need for everyday life and interaction and social media and the absolute best pro max model on the market. Now, I know you're probably also thinking, well, a brand new iPhone is $2,000. Yes, it is around that mark, but don't stress. There's sort of two options here that we're going to have a chat about. If you already have a fairly up-to-date phone that you've purchased outright or you're still paying off over time with a plan, the best thing you can absolutely do to save here is to keep this phone paid off or it's already paid off because you just kind of got it recently, but keep it for as long as it's working well and serving your needs. So if you're currently working off an iPhone 10 and it's all good, you probably don't need to update to the iPhone 14. It's probably serving your needs, probably messages, probably calls. You can have all of the apps. You can have all the social media. You can update the, I don't even know what it's called, the iOS updates. Like you can do all of that stuff with it pretty well. If you're working off an iPhone six or seven maybe you can't so have a think about that if you've got one that's already working with you the first thing we want to sort of break if you're in that pattern is that pattern of every time apple every time samsung bring out a new phone 
is upgrading to it. We want to be breaking that cycle. And obviously they bring out new phones every single year, but that does not mean that you need them in any way. Sure, the camera might have gotten slightly better. The battery might last now for two more hours per day. But in a society where we're not all professional photographers and we don't always need to be charging our phone because there's charges everywhere, you should really be getting your phone to last you three, four, five years before you're really needing to upgrade it or it's going to stop working to a level that no longer serves your needs. And again, like I said, if you're in a career and industry where you are a creator or something like that, potentially you do need to up your upgrade your phone. I recently did because I bought it as a business expense because I create content and my iPhone 8 that has been chugging along could not keep up. However, I am still using the iPhone 8 as my personal phone, which we will talk about a little bit later. Another way for us to access a pretty up-to-date phone or a new phone, if you need one now or in the near future without actually paying that big fee for it upfront, is to buy a refurbished phone. And this is something I definitely talked about on Instagram recently. And I feel like a lot of people, when I talk about this, are like, oh, I didn't even know that this was a possibility or I could do this, or they're super hesitant, which I completely understand. Um, but hopefully I can explain a little bit more about them here. So when my last phone died, the one I got before the eight was an iPhone 7, <laughs> an iPhone 7. So when it died, which it did, I got a refurbished phone from Mabello, which is like a website, for around $300, it was an iPhone 8. And honestly, it just worked so well when I got it. This was a couple of years ago. Did everything I needed. I'm still using it today and it's totally fine. The only thing it couldn't keep up with was making lots of content and editing lots of content. And I do a lot of that for her money's worth. So I really did need to upgrade. And if you're in that position, I completely understand it. But if I had been working off of the iPhone 12, that would have been fine too. And I probably wouldn't have had to upgrade. So just thinking about like, what do I realistically need is a good idea. But when it comes to the refurbished phone, basically what this means is someone else has used this phone and they've then traded it in and wherever they've traded it into has refurbished it, fixed it up, made sure it's all working, double checked everything. And then what these sites do is they actually rate them. So it'll be something like good, which will be like pretty good. It could have like I don't know, a little scratch or it could have, you know, a bit of an issue. Excellent, which is like, it's going to work totally fine. And then as new. So it's basically like you got out of the box, but perhaps someone else used it for two months. So I definitely encourage you to explore this option um, and have a think about this. There's lots of sites that do refurbished phones. You can just type it into Google and there's, I think Apple, actually no, you can just type it into Google refurbished phones, Apple also do them. So if you're a little bit skeptical, like, oh, I'm still not sure I want to be forking out money. If, you know, I think the phone could have something wrong with it. Apple do them too. And Apple are going to make sure that they're double checking them. And also you'd be able to seek out that support for, from Apple if anything went wrong. So I do encourage you to look into it. I do encourage you to look into whether it's the right thing for you, but it is absolutely a great way for you to, again, save money and have that paid off phone for yourself. So just to recap here, this strategy is about avoiding overpaying for your actual phone by having it on a plan where you pay more. So you can pay less for your phone initially by thinking about accessing a refurbished phone. 
You can buy new phones less by keeping them for as long as possible, three to four years if you can. And you can think really carefully about when and if you need an upgrade and be really realistic about what your needs actually are. Just a quick note before we get into the rest of the episode. You may not know this, but behind her money's worth is just me. I'm writing, producing and editing all of our podcast episodes and I'm running all of our social channels. If you have enjoyed any of these episodes, please take a moment to go and follow the podcast wherever you listen. This will hugely help the podcast to grow and to reach other people who would like to sort out their money, get started investing and build long-term wealth. Let's get back into the episode. Okay, let's talk about the second thing we need to do to save big with our mobile phone bill. Now, this is actually through the way you have to access data, messaging, and calls. Probably five to seven years ago, it would have been really standard for everyone to be on a big plan where they're paying 80 plus dollars every single month or even more for the latest or fairly new iPhone and a plan with all the data. And I remember growing up when I was a teenager and you had to pay for the data and then I'd go over my data and my mum would get a $300 bill and all of that. And it just, it was really expensive to kind of pay for like the data you actually needed. However, there's, it's actually just much cheaper now. And there's more ways to get like all the data that you need without having, actually having the huge bill for it. Um, and I still think there's like the $100 plans out there and getting the new phone with all the data you need. And it's kind of, there's sort of the illusion that it's still like that. But when you actually dig a little bit deeper, there's some really smart and savvy ways. Now, the best way I've come across to get access to the data you need without paying a huge bill for it is to access a long expiry SIM plan. Now that's really important. You kind of have to put that in. So it's a long expiry SIM plan. Now I know this sounds like something that your grandparents would be doing, like, or when you were a little kid, if you're, if I'm late 20, so if you're around my age, you would remember getting that first phone and you had to top up with like $20. Um, if you're a bit younger, you might not remember that. If you're a bit older, you'll definitely remember that. Um, it's not like that. So the way this basically works is you pay for the SIM plan upfront and then what you pay for lasts either six or 12 months. So it's not like, oh, you have it for a week or you have $10 loaded on and then it will go. It's you're paying sort of upfront for a plan and I like to do it for the 12 months or you can do it so you buy a certain amount of like data and then if it lasts you 12 months, great. Or if it lasts you 10 months and you can kind of do an auto recharge. So yeah. It's, it's just a different way of doing things, um, but it is absolutely cheaper to do that. And not only is it cheaper, but it's actually one less bill that you are accounting for and that you're worrying about coming out each month. And if you've listened to more of my podcasts or you follow me on social media, on TikTok or Instagram, you'll know that I talk a lot about automating bills, um, streamlining, stream, streamlining bills, paying bills in bulk if you can so then they're not like a chore and they keep coming up because it's just a way to make your life easier one less thing to worry about you can be thinking more about how you're growing your money or making the most of your money or enjoying your money if you're not thinking about bills coming out so it's just a big win in my book and you can actually decide how much data you need so i've sort of been like my parents are onto this now as well 
And they don't need as much data as I need. Like I'm on TikTok, I'm doing different stuff, I'm uploading videos, etc. Whereas they're just doing like an Instagram scroll at most and then calls and messaging and Facebook Messenger. So there's not a lot you need for that. And then there's also the element of most of us are at work, most of us are at home um, and we have internet. <laughs> um, and that's another bill that we've got to hustle down. So maybe I'll do another episode on that because I've got the world's cheapest internet uh, subscription. So I'm sure you'll want to hear about that. But, you know, you just you you just tack onto your Wi-Fi. So you might not even need as much as you think and you can always top up if you run out. Um, and yeah, it's just fantastic, but you need to make sure you look up long expiry SIM plan. Um, you can't just do the like 30 day one because then you'll be doing that every 30 days and it's not cost effective. So when I first started doing my SIM plan, I think it was like $12 a month, which is super cheap. And I think a lot of people got into Audi Mobile when it first started, but now there are so many providers um, that do this. So you can go and have a look what works best for you, what's most competitive and do a bit of maths. So lastly, just to give you a bit of an overall explanation of what I've been doing for the last couple of years is basically what I did was I had a refurbished phone that I've been using, which is the iPhone, and I'm still doing this now. Um, and then I used a long expiry SIM plan from Woolworths Mobile, which is actually on the Telstra network. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, don't know about this SIM plan thing. Like, let me just go walk into Optus or walk into Telstra and I'll just get a plan from them. But you're overpaying for that. I don't even know what the word is. I can't think of the word now, but you're overpaying for the comfortability with the big brand when at the end of the day, lots of these smaller providers are actually using the same network and provide the exact same service, except you have got that brand loyalty and that brand trust, which is is important. But it's also important to think like, hey, am I overpaying by 20 or $30 a month just because I know Telstra and I know that I trust this brand um, when very often there's smaller brands doing the same thing and really it's your mobile phone bill. So like there's not a lot of trust that you actually need with it. Like if it goes wrong, you just bail out and go to the next company. Um, but yeah, so just having a think about, I guess, challenging yourself in terms of that in everything you're doing is important too. Um, it's like when you go to the supermarket and you'll look at a product and instead of grabbing the Coles or the Woolies one, if you're in Australia, these are our um, supermarkets, our main supermarkets, but instead of like, it's a home brand. So if whatever, wherever you are in the world, instead of grabbing that home brand product that is a dollar cheaper, you'll get a brand that you know because you've seen it on advertising, it, you've tasted it before, you know you like it, when I know for a fact that so many products are the same in home brand and in like the other brand too. And that's because I have a good friend that works in logistics. But um, I think that's kind of common knowledge anyway. But yeah, anyway, she confirmed it for me. So a lot of them are very similar and it's because you've got that brand loyalty and that brand trust. I'm sure there's a better word for this, but I don't work in marketing. So you know what I'm saying though. Um, so just think about how you can challenge yourself with this. You don't need the brand new phone from Apple. Like think about a refurbished phone. You don't need the Telstra plan. Think about, can you go with a different provider? And there's lots. So if you do want more specific information on companies to get refurbished phones from and long expiry SIM options, I have included that on a recent post on Instagram in my feed. So feel free to find me there, have a look at that post and ask me any questions about this that you need more information on. I'm more than happy to point you in the right direction. Um, and 
in addition, one more thing that I wanted to talk about before we wrap up the episode is that in last week's episode, we actually talked about our first book club book, which was Live the Life You Want with the Money You Have. So feel free to check that out if you're keen. I picked out four unique lessons that I thought you might not have been so familiar with because I wasn't all things that I thought were quite unique or I enjoyed. And um, yeah, it was a really good episode. And I would highly recommend that you get the book as well and read that because it was a huge deep dive into personal finance and the basics of how do you manage your money. But on the podcast, I tried to sort of highlight some unique things. But if you didn't um, know as well from listening to last week, our next book club book, which is going to be the March, April books, we're doing one book every two months just because finance books can be a bit heavy and I'm a busy girl and you're busy too, um, is actually going to be Strong Money Australia by Dave Gow, who is a fire blogger that retired out 28 or 29, I can't remember now, and now works a lot in the personal finance space, talking about basically how to make the most of your life and use money as a tool to achieve this. So basically everything I advocate for within my own content, and I'm a huge fan and admirer of his work, so I cannot wait to get his book. It is coming on Friday. So I'm so excited. So tune in for next week's episode, join us for book club and go back and listen to our book club episode for last week. I'm really looking forward to talking to you in next week's episode and I will chat to you then. Have a great week. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions relating to any financial products. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the education you need to continue doing your own research.